Hey everyone, welcome to Do You Follow Podcast, a podcast where we talk about social media and influencer marketing. I'm Rachel Jo Silver. I'm Juliette Dallasvini, and we have a really, really, really special guest today, Molly Chen. Yay, I've been lobbying to be on this for so long, and I feel very excited that I finally got invited. Wait, is this your first time? It's because, no, she was on Love Stories Radio, which is why I thought. Oh, I know. It wasn't this one. That's what when you said that I was like, I we mean, did. Remember, my mom was there, and we like did like a live recording with my mom and was, Lily, like at your house. Very yeah. fun, but, but that was the other I'm podcast. Just saying, I have a lot of opinions, and I feel like this might need to be like part one of two. A thousand percent. Yes, we part have to bring Alyssa back. Who do you think? Yeah. What would be an interesting thing if someone listened back into? Do you think we mentioned? Molly, we probably mentioned Molly more we than Alyssa, but like Molly in most episodes, it's like Molly then Alyssa then Julia. Do you? Yeah, think? for sure. Alyssa, yeah. Alyssa, I having just seen Alyssa yesterday. Like, I think she's got more like hard social media skills to offer the <laughs> table, but I might have more opinions. So just I saying. think that I the wisdom and skills are equal yeah. and. Um, if Impressive. You're, if you're a long-time listener, a long-time caller, you know who Molly Chen is. <laughs> LT, LT. <laughs> but for those of you who don't, she is a brand consultant, angel investor, and advisor, and a really good friend. And she has the cutest kids in the world, lives in Brooklyn, and basically I want to eat everything that she eats. I was texting her the other day and said, Molly, can you please start a service where you can just like curate all my meals? And feed them to me. <laughs> she said, I don't have time, but my <laughs> friends at home know talk about Molly like they know her, and some do, like mm-hmm. you know. But some people, like it's really funny. Like, oh, I saw this on Molly's Instagram, or I read this in Molly's newsletter. The best thing was one of my friends. Oh, um, I loved this. this her really sister happy. was pregnant, and so she sent me this picture. They were on vacation of the sister and the mom reading a printout of Molly's newsletter at the pool and her sister had this like such cute pregnant belly it was the cutest thing your newsletter is really good tell people now how to sorry I'm interrupting how do you how do you subscribe to your newsletter you go to tinyletter.com backslash Molly Chen Molly with an I-E and the newsletter I mean do you know how it came about it's like this is like excess energy going into like productivity, but um, I was coming off of maternity with Lily Mm -hmm. So this is two and a half, two years ago, and I was like trying to find a job. And Haley was like, "While you're, you know, while you're looking for a job, why don't you text me every day and tell me what to eat, what to do?" Yes, like, I remember you know, we talked about that. And she's like, "Actually, I feel like other people might be interested in it." Yes. And I just did it. I just like it was so scary at the time, and now I find it to be very fun. But like, yeah. you know, putting something out there in the inter- into the internet universe is scary but I yeah. made myself a little tiny letter account and like wrote a letter to my friends because that's yes. who they signed up yeah and now my friends is like a little bit of a bigger group but it's still just like this grab bag of like things I'm cooking buying there's a lot of baby stuff I'm mm-hmm. always amazed that people who don't have babies are interested but I think I mean I send it to yeah. all of my I, friends with babies I'm like yeah. as someone who doesn't have a baby yeah. you still like the newsletter yeah and I'm mentally like I want to remember all this yeah. stuff for when I have well there's also a google spreadsheet yeah. yeah, which I like took Molly's Google spreadsheet of baby stuff. I have it, and then there's a column called like, like I wish I have to look it up. Like things that Molly and Rob are too much cooler than me column, essentially, where there were like five or six items where I'm like, I know this is the better version, but like I'm not cool enough yeah. to like. And um, it was like the most helpful thing. My mom has the Google spreadsheet. Yeah. Like I've shared it with like other yeah. people. We were just, and I I feel like you guys have a run of shows, so we can get into it in a second, but uh. You know how we were just talking about how there's this, like, narrative about weddings being, like, so hard and so stressful. Yeah. And yeah. I totally, you know, 
there are definitely aspects of that. Yeah. I feel like I feel the same way about parenting. Like, yeah. parenting is hard. And two kids, as someone who has a five-month-old now and a toddler, um, it is really hard. Like, yeah. two kids is wild in a way that I didn't realize um, mm-hmm. how it could be wild. But I do think, like, it is also this incredible thing that you can have plenty of things that are hard about it and, like, plenty of people have horrible breastfeeding experiences, yeah. plenty of, like, people have horrible labors, all mm-hmm. those different things. Yeah. But I, like, really want to use my newsletter and my Instagram and other things to like also just like celebrate how like awesome and messy it is to have yeah. kids and like empower people that there's like solutions whether they're things you buy or people you talk to yeah. or advice yeah. and, like I really hope I'm like adding positivity to the parent universe because there is a lot of like stress out there yeah well I do think I hate to say it but like there are certain like things that I'm like I wish I would have just bought that sooner it would have made like a friend of mine was like, you should be bouncing the baby on a yoga ball. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it was like a throwaway comment. And then when I finally did it, it like actually changed my life and made it so much easier. Yeah, you just want other people to like tell. To sometimes you just people. need yeah. to buy a thing or be yeah. told what you to do. You talking about lactation yeah. stuff? Like everything. Like, oh my God. There's always going to be something about breastfeeding that is hard. Because yeah. it is something you've never done before and the baby's never done before. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do, and it's expensive, is like, if you need help, get it. Like, yeah. get it in some way or another. Yeah. And, like, the internet is also a place to get it. But, like, yeah. I know Rachel had the experience where she yeah. had a great person who came. And oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And just not everybody, I think we take for granted, like, not everyone is your best. Like, we have you in real life, but not everyone has, like, a friend who's, like, done it before and, like, yeah. has whose taste yeah. they trust. And so, like, you can be the friend of all yeah. the people. And, like, and it makes always, me happy. Everyone always, deserves like, the life all. optimizer. Like, yeah. every recommendation yeah. you give I trust it 100% because I know that you've, like, used it and tried it, and it solved a problem for you. I it know. can help other people. It's so oh. true. Thank you, Molly Chen. Yay. I mean, I'm trying. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your career background, how you got to doing what you're doing. I love of this course, story. Of course, we know, but I just tell our listeners. Yeah. I was talking about Yumi Kim this morning to someone. Oh, oh I wasn't even going to go back that far, but I should. Um, <laughs> I feel like it makes people, yeah. like, feel like they can do anything. I yeah. moved to New York, and my... And I didn't have a job. Um, I wanted to work in magazines. I wanted to be the editor-in-chief of Gourmet. Rest in peace. Um, my Can we brag job, about Molly a little bit? She went to Harvard. She's extremely smart yeah. in addition to being, like, chic and cool and friendly. Yep. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you are. Thank you. Um, I My first job was at Yumi Kim. Um, it was a, call, a store called Project 159. If you do not know Yumi Kim, she makes – she's, like, a really badass lady businesswoman um, who makes – I'm kind of vintage inspired floral silky things. She's like started herself, like she's Vietnamese and she would go to, to find all these, source all these vintage fabrics and then go have them made. Um, I worked at her store and from, actually at her store is a place where Kim was constantly, her, the founder's name is Kim, not Yumi. Um, she was constantly talking about her girl and like mm-hmm. I at that point didn't know brand from like a potato, but like <laughs> she was constantly talking about who the, who the Project 159 girl was and uh-huh. like it was like really like Probably, like, one of the first times I'd ever thought about that. Like, who am I talking to? Like, how yeah. do I calibrate? Um, I eventually did get a real job um, or, like, a non-job, a job that paid me in more than dresses. Yeah. And <laughs> I worked at Condé Nast for five years, um, getting closer to my goal of working at Gourmet until they closed Gourmet. Um, <laughs> I worked at a place called Condé Nast, or I worked at Condé Nast Traveler, which now um, does not exist in the U.S. anymore. Um, it I didn't doesn't? Like that. It's run out of the U.K. Oh, I still Google it all no, the still, time. Like, there is a magazine, it's just run out of the UK. So, oh. you know, a lot of feelings about magazines, but yeah. I had an incredible five-year experience there where I learned how to be an editor. And what I also learned is that there's a lot about magazines that's just, like, you create a thing, you put it in the universe, and you, like, hope people like it. And yeah. you are, you 
there's advertisers and there's the publishing game and it wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be, especially with how much was happening in the digital space. Um, mm-hmm. And what I, year was this? This was, I got frustrated in 2008. I didn't leave till 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, basically when when Lehman, um, yeah. you know, when all the bad stuff mm-hmm. happened and yeah. all the magazines started closing, I yeah. started sending my resume and cover letters to like any brand that I loved. I was yeah. emailing Whole Foods. Um, I was emailed, actually emailed Foursquare. I was like, Oh, I want to be an editor for you. Like yeah. I think yeah. you need an editor. You've got a lot of stuff. And Molly I invented like the <laughs> idea of brand yeah. voice. Literally, <laughs> I just like I was like, I mean, whether I said this or not, I was like, you've got a lot of people looking for a lot of things in that thing you do. I could probably help them find it. Yeah. And so, like, no one took me up on the offer. <laughs> so, um, also simultaneously, like, our, my best friend Haley Barna from Harvard undergrad was at Harvard Business School. And she was looking around for a business to start. She and Katya got together and were thinking about this idea of, you know, wouldn't it be great if people could um, try I mean, a little bit more context is that I also worked on BB when I was at Kane Nast um, Traveler and was living with Haley at the time. I constantly brought home beauty products and was like giving her stuff to try, like inflicting my opinions on her, but also like telling her how to use it. I would be like, you... I remember this so like clearly. Mm-hmm. Like Haley does not need to wear makeup. She's amazing skin. It's not normal. It's not normal <laughs> at all. She just like wanted to look brighter. And I brought home this like compact from Fresh that had like a bronzer, a blush, and like a highlighter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't know what to do with these things. Yeah. And she showed her what to do with these things. Um and you know, Haley drawing on this experience, Katya drawing on her, on her experience, having worked at Estee Lauder and like knowing how much money and samples brands threw at the problem of like getting people to buy beauty products. Yeah. We put all those things together into this idea of Birchbox. Like, right. try before you buy. Yeah. Um, beauty discovery that's personalized to you. And what I, like, pitched myself as bringing to the table, because, like, once they told me this idea, I was like, please, me. Like, I would yeah. like to be involved. <laughs> please, like, save me from, like, writing things that no one reads. Um, I um, was the content. I was the content and the voice. Like, how do you make it people realize it's, like, more than just, like, stuff in tubes? Mm-hmm. And it was really fun and exciting. I mean, we were 27 years old, so it was like, like jumping off a, you know, a big cliff, but like a baby cliff. Like there was no, like, no one had a mortgage, no one had kids. Like we did did the beta. Any like risk aversion to doing that? Cause like 27 is really young. And I think a lot of in that age, you sort of are like, I need to have like this steady thing. Like I'm not an adult yet. Like I can't do this. I think it takes a lot of like boldness to like actually do that. So how did you get to that point? I think I'm, I don't know that I'm risk averse, but like I'm definitely not risk loving, but I was yeah. so unhappy. Like I was probably one of the yeah. unhappiest I've ever been. Like there's nothing like taking someone who's ambitious and smart yeah. and who wants to do a lot and put them in an environment where I they know. can't do anything. And yeah. I wasn't making a lot of money. Like there were a lot of reasons why it was just like not a big deal. Like nothing mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big deal, but it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I mean, what I, what I thought and what I talked to my parents about and like it should be said, like if I couldn't have paid my rent for a year, my parents would have helped me. Like, yeah. right. And I think that that's something that we don't talk about enough with founders. I've like, said yeah, that. On a, yeah. I was on a panel and Haley asked me to do, and I was like, listen, I could have done Love Stories TV, could have figured out how to do it myself. Like, I'm married to someone who had a good job. Yeah. And, like, we're not, like, billionaires, but, like, you had I, health insurance. I had health insurance yeah. and a house and groceries, and you can do it otherwise, but that made it easier, and you should tell the truth. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? And uh, my yeah. parents were not going to support me for very long, but right, they, they could have like, You were not yeah, going to sure. starve. Yeah. And they did not. And my mom was like, <laughs> I don't know if she said this verbatim, but she was like, stop complaining and just, like, quit your job. Like, I yeah. cannot listen. I was just miserable. Yeah. yeah. 
So it was scary. And actually, but the scarier thing was starting the business. It wasn't mm-hmm. deciding to do it. It was like that moment before yeah. we had customers. Like, I always tell people this, like, there are people who, like, love that kind of, like, white space. Like, we're, like, putting the brick down, stepping the brick. And, like, you know, and I found that so not just terrifying, but also just, like, not fun. That that moment before we had a thing. Yeah. And once we had a thing, yeah, that's when it clicked. And honestly, yeah. then we, once we put, there was, like, two moments. There was, like, when we had a thing, when we, start, when we had customers. Mm-hmm. And then when we had, when I hired my first person, who was Lorelai. Yeah. Yeah, Lorelai, who is how I got to Molly also. So, like, we should talk about Lorelai more on the podcast. We should, yeah, Lorelai. Yeah, very stylish. So, Um, I love pros. I use pros. Yeah, yeah, same. I have it in my shower right now. So, and so, Birchbox years were incredible. Built the brand, built the, um, I mean, we didn't call it brand. We were like, we we need people to trust us to send them, you know, send them beauty products, them to give us their money every month and want to hang out with us. And so how do we do that? And how do you build trust when you don't have a magazine or, you know, kind of a a big behemoth behind you? And it was so unique what you did, by the way. Like, I feel like people take this for granted now, but like, so what Molly thought to do, and I think you were like the first human to think to do this, is like Molly was, and then hired people eventually, but like was writing, describing the products on the product page on Birchbox, like how she used Mm -hmm. them and thought. And every other department store or retailer in the whole world is taking that copy and those images from the um, brand. So like Benefit, uh, so Birchbox sells Benefit just like Sephora does or just like Nordstrom or whatever. But Molly would like try the product and then write about it, which sounds like duh, but like no one else was doing that at that time. They would just be like, Benefit, tell us how to describe the product. They weren't like describing it themselves. And that was like something people loved about Birchbox in the early days was just like the way that um, we described the products, which was like a thing Molly like invented. Yeah, and it was so real, and it was not just like now this everybody mascara does that. will make your eyes pop, but like here's like a different way to use it, or here's how to like try it in a different way. Like here's why like, we like it. Yeah, I'm not obsessed with beauty. I am obsessed with finding the right products for me and for other people, and I always felt motivated by that at Birchbox because mm-hmm. it was about finding great products and putting them in a universe where you could read our product pages and understand how to think about this mascara. Like if yeah. you were writing about Benefits Roller Lash, which I actually do love that product so much, mm-hmm. Same. it's about, it's for someone who wants to get a curl, wants to get definition. It's not for someone who is looking for like the darkest lash out there yeah. or whatever. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can describe things in context with other ones without, you know, with I think we always ran into this with brands wanting their product to be the best product. Yeah. And, like, the truth is it's not about being the best product. It's about being the best one for you. Yeah. Like, and there's that, – that, I think, is what we were trying to do, which is a more complicated mm-hmm. – you know, it's about the personalization and it's about, like, discovery. It's more complicated than just, like, slapping as many products as you can get in a place. Like, if you want that, you go to Amazon. Yeah. Or to, you know, Sephora has a million products. Totally. And I, I know, like, Glossier does this now. Like, the top shelfie has other products. But I remember, like – reading the Birchbox, like, magazine for the first time, and it was, like, like whoever was writing the article was talking about, like, the other products they used that maybe Birchbox didn't even sell, but it was mm-hmm. contextual, and it was real, and it was, like, I feel like you invented, like, this idea of content and commerce. It, like, originated with Birchbox. I don't think, <laughs> definitely don't think I invented it. I think that there there was not as many people doing it because content is expensive. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing. I think we're still having, I saw this conversation constantly with people about everyone wants content. They don't know why they want it. They don't know what it's going to do except that it seems like a really good idea. Yes, yes. And they also don't know how much it costs because I think it, it's not about just... 
I mean, I really think most brands don't need blogs. It's not about yeah. creating those. Actually, you guys do need a blog, but um, yeah. But it's about spending money on really good marketing copy. It's really, mm-hmm. and it's not just your ad copy. It's like every single like line of it. I mean, Volcase product pages are excellent because yeah. they, you know, there's a deep kind of commitment to. Know what they call it editorial or content, but like I would yeah. call everything content because I think edit, edit, editorial um, doesn't think of doesn't make me think of a customer, whereas like mm-hmm. content makes me think of like helping guide you to a decision or helping giving you a piece of information or yeah. get you excited about something. Yeah, totally. Um, so you're consulting for brands now. Yes, I am. Um, I left Birchbox a couple of years ago and had a couple of kids in the interim. Very like, cute kids. Kids is like a real like wrapping your head around. Multipleism. I think. <laughs> um, I'm consulting. I um, love working with companies. I love, and I, I just think that's like such a silly thing to say. But like, I actually I think it is so fun to work with a lot of different people and and draw learnings from both my experience being in House of Birchbox and then at Hunger Group, but also having advised. I advised three companies. I've invested in a few companies. I've like talked to a million. Like Love Story TV. Yeah. Yay. And I feel like I always learn a lot. And so I really like the idea of putting that all into consulting practice. So mm-hmm. you, this is, I you know, generally like to work on brand strategy for brands that are at the point where they're building a brand or they're retooling. Um, mm-hmm. Or I work on, I do things like brand audits. Like you you think you're one thing, this is what your customer sees yeah. and hears. Um, brand strategy recommendations across channels. I like really, really love helping people think about, um, a lot of people think of brand as brand marketing only and or something that only sits with marketing. And I mm-hmm. really think brand starts with, you know, what is the reason to exist? Why should someone care? You know, what are the three things that they should know about your brand? And then you should take that value proposition and apply it to every single thing you do. Like it's something that I learned, it was so fun to learn on the ground at Birchbox because we did so many different things. Like when we start, you guys probably remember this, like when we launch things like discovery, like those little mini kits, um, mm-hmm. it was really important to us that they weren't just like bags of samples. Our discovery kits were about facilitating trial in a different way. Yeah. And it was like to the idea of discovery and to like people who like were buying them, they were just like, oh, great samples, more samples. Like, yeah. great. But that was all rooted in the fact that our promise to you is that we're going to help you find the right thing for you. So we have like a dry skin kit, a yeah. acne yeah. kit, whatever those things were. This is actually really important when you're thinking about your own organizations where like brand um, should not be under marketing, brand should be above marketing. Because if you think mm-hmm. about most products, it's like, in a lot of businesses, particularly like in a lot of the new D2C brands, it's like you're only going to buy that product like once. Like you buy an away suitcase one time, you buy a Casper mattress one time. So marketing's job is to get uh, more people to buy those mattresses. So like what about the existing customer who already bought a mattress and comes back to your site to learn like how to clean it? Like that copy and the way that that is like that story is told when mm-hmm. might fall under product or might fall under CS. And that's why brand has to be like above everything and like above yeah. creative also, because it's like brand is defined yeah. and then it's executed across marketing, totally. across creative, across product. And I just think like there's a lot of places where like product actually owns the experience with the existing customer and marketing owns the experience with like the customer to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends what it is. Birchbox, like you shop a lot, but right, like a Casper or an Away or a Warby, you might only shop there like one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like if you come back for some other purpose, yeah. like, well, you know. how you decide. I mean, I think we see this a lot with DSC is like this per- this company is great at doing one thing, but then they launch something that either feels totally out of their wheelhouse mm-hmm. and you're like, 
why do you get to do that? Yeah, yeah why do you need to do that yeah. is such or a grand question. That feels really adjacent. Like, yeah. And like, it feels like such a nice extension. You're like, yeah. your, your brain. What's very, like an example of that that comes to mind? I mean, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of like very obvious ones. It's like if you are, I actually don't know when parachute launched, but like I'm just thinking parachute because mm-hmm. I bought their towels for my mom. But like, yeah. if you launch really great sheets that are really high quality, and I start yeah. to think of you as a better basic, mm-hmm. and then like to me, towels is like not crazy. And I am yeah. not talking about this from like a supply chain. Like I actually don't know if the from like a creation perspective, if mm-hmm. it's just as easy to make towels and sheets. But to me, that doesn't feel like a huge leap. Yeah, I think if you are like. Sweet. Think of a, let's think of an example that won't throw anyone under the bus. Yeah. But like, I do think that there's plenty of companies that, like, do something really, really well, and then they try to, like, overreach. Like, everyone wants to be the Nike of the Yeah. Owner. And, like, right. Rach and I talked about yeah. that. Like, not everyone can be the Nike of XYZ. Yeah. Like, and I totally. think at a certain yeah. point, like, people, we always used to say this at Virgin Box, like, you raised your hand for beauty products. Like, yeah. We actually, maybe let's yeah. just use our example. Like, we didn't go into baby. Yeah, we didn't go into exercise. Yeah, like, we didn't try to sell you yoga mats. Like, yeah. although we might—I mean, at some point we might have tried to give you a yoga mat. Yeah, but, like, no, we probably partnered with someone to like manufacture that yoga mat. Um, yeah, no, it's know, so true. It's like, yeah. we, like think about like what I mean. This is—I just think—is like something everyone can remember. And actually, when I was looking at um, the the Instagram that we're going to audit, I was thinking about this. Like, think about what your person is there for. Like, what are they yeah. using their hand for? Yeah, and like that should help guide you. And that's like, just like a yeah. really easy way to think about brands. Like yeah, definitely. It's sort of like I can understand how they would go. It's like you want down. to do all these things. Yeah. yeah. Like who, you know what Starbucks, like Howard Schultz tells a really good story about this. If you ever listen to it on a podcast, like when they first started doing food, like now they do a lot of food and like I actually like it. Like it's really handy to be at an airport and know you can get the spinach bread, uh, star, um, star bucks. I almost said Star Wars, Starbucks wrap and know what you're going to get. I like that. But the point is like when they first started doing food, they like rolled it back and like yeah. paused it at first because he was like, we didn't need to do food and we were going into yeah. Starbucks and everything yeah. like smelled foody and it wasn't done correctly. Well, like yeah. look at what's happening with Walmart, for example. Yeah. Like, Walmart um, stands for, I was just talking to a friend of ours who was there for a little bit and basically, you know, I don't know if they would say it this way, but it stands for like the, the most variety at yeah. the lowest price. Yeah. And that's, they also are trying to innovate and they yeah. just closed their mattress business that yeah. was being run um, by Andy Dunn and I yeah. I oh, I didn't even why. know about that. What I was just it saw called? It this morning. It was called Oswald. I literally know that existed. I yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, mattresses are probably a really good business, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, what is Walmart good at? And it might yeah. not be, and this yeah. is all conjecture, but it's like, it yeah. might not, it's probably not making mattresses. It's probably yeah. selling mattresses. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's thinking about, like, what what is someone there for? And, like, yeah, 100%. Um, totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if somebody, if one of our listeners is like, I like what Molly's career trajectory has been how do I become a brand consultant what do how they do how do I do? become a Molly yeah how do I become Molly Janet <laughs> great question um I mean I learned so so much um and I think this is like a non this is like one of those things where I'm like if you want a great if you want someone who like cooks all your meals like Mary Rob um <laughs> but um no I mean I I got my I'll always say this to like clients to anyone I'm talking about being a brand consultant is like I learned it all on the ground. Like, you can, yeah. you can yeah. go to, I mean, I think there's a couple paths. Like, you can go work in an amazing agency. There are yeah. incredible branding agencies. Mm-hmm. I have worked with many of them, and yeah. I learned from them. Yeah. They, a lot of them have their, their specific approaches. They have, like, techniques they use. Yeah. Um, so, like, to be honest, I learned from building a brand and, like, figuring out what my customer want, you know, needed from us and how that she was going to trust us, making sure that we were being true to her as we grew. Mm-hmm. Um, 
being kind of a, a student of other great brands and understanding how they work. Um, I think in like, you know, more tactically, I think you can think about the agency path or you can kind of come up within a company that's committed to brand. I think those yeah. are two really good ways to yeah. learn. Find someone who's super smart, who either has a track record of having built and um, built strong brands and knows how to communicate with a clear customer or some a brand or a company that's like so clearly leading with brand and think about what you add to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great, great advice. And the other thing that like I would say is, and we talk about this all the time, is just like investing in your network, which can mm-hmm. sound really um, like not genuine when you just like say it like that, but it's real. I mean, so Molly, you know, made so made such an impression on people along the way that now when she's going to do consulting, like, you know, we talk about all the time, just like, oh, what meetings are you taking, whatever. And it's like, she has such a reputation, not just for the work that she did at Birchbox, which stands on its own and at Hungry Root also, but just like people like Molly and like mm-hmm. like working with her yeah. and like, you know, she's like invested in those relationships. And so now like the Birchbox Mafia is out in the world, like mm-hmm. hiring Molly or like investors that worked with at Birchbox were so impressed with Molly that they want to hire her for their new companies. And like, if you think you might want to be a consultant later, I think like being good at what you do is important, but like cultivating, yeah. it sounds so like cliche, cultivate your network, invest in your network, but it just means like be a real good person that yeah. people like and like to work oh, with you. I think I think also, like, I'm going to say, speak out of both sides of my mouth, but I think on one hand, your time is really valuable, but if you're in the position to help someone else, like, yeah. pay it forward. Yeah. Like, I have yeah. taken, and I've, I've also said no to plenty of meetings, but yeah. I've been such, I've been so lucky. I mean, Birchbox changed my life. I mean, yeah. And by, you know, then it Me too. Molly hired, yeah. yeah. It did, and I think that we talk a lot about this. Like, you yeah. don't have to have a huge exit in order to, like, have a really big impact on a customer, and it truly yeah. changed my career trajectory, and yeah. I met amazing Same. people along the way. I've gotten yeah. really good advice, and so I meet with a lot of founders, and, um, you know, the vast majority of them, like, are not going to hire me. Like, their, their idea might be fully formed, might be not, not fully formed, but, like, in general, I try to be helpful where I can be, and I try to be honest when I can't be helpful, and I just think that that whether it's karma or whether it's just like you know planting the seeds of things for the future, I think like would I don't it wouldn't underestimate that. Like yeah. just like Help being helpful where you agree. can. I love that. Me too. Okay, now we're gonna play our namesake game, Do You Follow? So this is where each of us have brought an account to the table that we think we should follow. Maybe we're already following them, maybe we're not, but the idea is whatever Instagram account you came across that you think is funny, cool, smart, interesting, inspirational who that is and why. Okay. I started following this new influencer, Brighton Keller. Juliet's going to crack up. I've been sending her. Okay. There's a couple of reasons I love. One, she's like a big influencer who just got married. And so whenever I come across a big influencer getting married, I send it to Juliet because I'm like, maybe we should invite her to be on the podcast or we should share her wedding or whatever. So that's like how it happens. But a lot of times I get sucked in and her name is, um, B-R-I-G-H-T-O-N-K-E-L-L-E-R. She just had a beautiful wedding. She does a lot of cute stuff on her Instagram. She did that bibbidi-bobbidi-boo TikTok thing Uh into her dress. I love it. She shared this video. Was it on stories? How am I going to find this? She shared a video the other day. Oh, okay. She shared a post on January 22nd, and it's an upload of um, one of her Instagram stories from 2017. Where she is on her Instagram stories talking about being single and, like, believing in love. I didn't follow her at that time. So she must have been in a place where, like, 
dating was hard and she um just like talks about how like love will like come to you and you need to believe in it you should all watch this it's like very inspirational and then she like I just got totally sucked in and then she like reposted it like a few days before her wedding and I don't know it's just hilarious like this happened to me once or twice where like I'm on my Instagram Discover. I see a beautiful something related to weddings. I start following it, and then I now I'm like obsessed with this influencer. Not obsessed, like, but you know, like an influencer that like now I love and follow. Um, so you should oh, follow her too. Amazing. Yeah, and I just she just um, is a fun influencer. Follow great style, um, cute husband, beautiful wedding. I love that. Yeah, good one. <laughs> Okay, I have two. The first one, two, yay. Well, the first one is Haley Barnum because I know oh, you guys yes. talk about her a lot, but I have a more timely pitch for Haley. So at Haley Bay, her middle name is Bay, but also at Haley Bay is a cute name. It's so she, cute. Um, she is a VC at First Round Capital. She is literally one of the smartest people I've ever met. And she has so this smart. really like the combination of like consumer centric, kind of like, you know, empathy for like, what pe- what's going to resonate with people mm-hmm. combined with like a truly like what is that like steel trap mind just yeah. like so you can look at a problem from every different angle you know she's highly like data driven um, yeah she's she's amazing so just in general you should follow her because she's so smart she also has a great eye and great style mm-hmm. but she's also one of you know one of the few and you know, growing number of female VCs and she is excited to start sharing more insights about how she, you know, the advice she gives to founders, the questions people ask her. Um, so she is getting started with that. And I feel like everyone could that. use a little more Haley. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I hope, yeah, she, I know she's going to do it. She's also very busy. So it's yeah. not going to be like an everyday thing. But I'm excited, you know, I'm personally excited to hear more about what she has to say about it. I think that's going to be so impactful I think, for I mean, people who are Everyone can use more Haley. Yeah. Um, that's very exciting. Okay, who's your second one? And my second one, okay, her name is Don Perry. And so I follow a lot of food people. This is like to your mm-hmm. your question about like how can you like cure and like prep all my food. Yes. And please. Don is like a later in life adult friend I made, but she has been in the food world for a million years. She was mm-hmm. most recently at Real Simple. Um, she, the reason why people think people should follow her is like, What's your Instagram? It's Don K. Perry. Okay. And the reason why people should follow her is that First of all, she's just, like, funny and, like, very real talk. Like, she has kids that are the same age as mine, so we, like, commiserate a little bit about the things that are great and hard about having kids this age. But she's also writing a book that's literally all about what you should have in your house so that you can make something delicious at any given time. Oh, um, I'm going to read you her description. No, yeah. seriously. I will teach you what to stock, what to make, and how to put it together so you'll always be fed and fed well. And yes. easily And pretty fast, too. That's yeah, what I it's need. gonna be great, and and you'll see like from just watching her, you know, it'll be fun to follow along as she does recipe testing. Yeah. You're like, cool, I want those chocolate chip cookies, and should I put the dough in the freezer or should I just like bake them off and put them in the freezer? I yeah. think the latter personally. Yeah. Um, what I also like about her is that she's not a crazy meal like a meal planner. I uh-huh. find meal planning extremely stressful because I so never know what I want to eat. Yeah. Meal mm-hmm. prepping is different though. That's like yeah. When I came in today and I had my lunch. I had made all those things like three days yeah. ago. I had made grains. I had made yeah. I'd roasted squash. Like perhaps that like constitutes planning for most people, but for me, it's just like you this have idea of like, like stuff, ready to like go. tasty stuff laying yeah. around that I can put together and mm-hmm. like generally putting together and like adding tahini on top. That's like yeah. ask lunch. Yum. So <laughs> definitely follow Dawn. She and her I pictures can't wait are for beautiful. This cookbook. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Oh, so good. That's a good one, Molly. Okay, mine is. I just discovered this last night, and I put him on my Instagram stories. Oh, I Have saw this. Have you heard this. of this kid? No. <laughs> oh, my God. 
his Instagram is the Shirley Temple King. Oh my He's God, six so years old. Cute. And the whole Instagram account is just him reviewing Shirley Temples at the different what? places he goes to. <laughs> Wait, that's so cute. I have to like play one so you can hear. And I'm at Hoo Ground Barbecue. I wish you could smell how good it is in here. But anyways, I'm here to try the version of a Shirley Temple. And as you can see, there's two them outside and inside. And there's an American flag, USA. Oh my so god. I'm going to try their version of a Shirley Temple. So he like gives his review and all this. The inside cherries on the outside flag decoration. There's really nothing to say because it's just a great Shirley Temple. I'll make it a bit of nine point five. Oh my gosh, so cute! <laughs> and the whole account is just him at different places oh, doing so that. Cool. I love whoever started this. I know, and it like just blew up yesterday. Like this is our version of child actors. Yes. Yeah, it completely. is. It's wild. And like, hopefully well, they I'm don't so, get screwed up. I know. But. I'm so curious what's going to happen because he went to like 156,000 followers overnight. Like, I'm trying to think of what Lily's would be. She really loves ice cream, which is not yeah. as specific as Urshula Temple's. She could grade her LCB lunches. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know. I, I post pictures of Lily's lunches and people are always like. Lily's lunches <laughs> yeah. on Instagram. I know. Um, but it all looks like delightful. Like, like it is I good. Want, it's good. I want sunflower seeds and like you oh, know. chocolate covered pomegranate seeds because she goes to a nut free school. So actually, oh. all, Lily, all Lily's lunches are Juliet approved. Wow, I love that. There were no nut free schools when I was a I kid. Know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I always think of you when I see like a new seed butter. Yeah. What have you seen any good ones? Okay, watermelon seed butter is delicious. Have you tried it? No. Okay, so Sakara makes one, and then there's mm. also um, I think eighty. I think 8880 is the brand. Um, it's very oh, tasty, tasty. Wow. Yeah. Watermelon. And their pumpkin seed butter. seed butter is also good. I love pumpkin seed yeah, butter. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's hard to find one without sugar in it. It generally mm-hmm. frustrates me when people put sugar in nut butters. I know. There's like way too many ingredients in most nut butters yeah, that are not necessary. I should make my own. Do you ever make your own? Yeah. I actually just, my newsletter I sent this morning was all about how we're obsessed with this peanut butter. It's just San, it's Santa Cruz Organics, dark, crunchy, roasted peanut butter. I but saw that. We, yeah. um, I'm sorry, you can't eat it. I know. It looks good. But, um, <laughs> it's what it seems like. I eat a lot of peanut butter. I have strong feelings about peanut mm-hmm. butter. I have no desire to make my own peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. Now we're going to play Grade the Gram. Yeah. So we got a very relevant one for you, Molly, that just came in. So the Instagram account is Bar Pilar. Um, this is a restaurant in D.C. And the person who submitted it is trying to help grow the account through social media and is looking for advice on strategy. Um, so on Grade the Gram, this is where somebody submits an account to us that either they are working for, it's their business or they're working on it, and we give them um, you know, our critique. We consult them. We can grade them on anything from the grid design, the color story, the quality of the captions, if you're using hashtags, clarity of messaging, anything that really catches your attention. And then at the end of it, we give them a letter grade on how good they're doing. Um, so what would you say if you were looking at this account or some things that they could improve on? So I think if you, I think we should all if you're thinking about restaurants or travel, I mean, honestly, anything, like Instagram's where people go to research things these yeah. days. Um, I just sounded so old at that moment. Um, <laughs> but like, if I'm trying to decide if I should eat somewhere, I look at their Instagram, I look at their pictures, and then I also look at people who have like the yeah, geotag. Yeah, like the geotag, yeah. for sure. And so mm-hmm. the aesthetic is 
really important. I think they're probably, you know, there's plenty of, of Instagram accounts where, like, it's an ugly meme and it doesn't matter. It's supposed yeah. to be unreal. Like, food is not a place where actually you want it to be, like, it's in any way gritty or, like, poorly lit. It's yes. just, like, there's kind of no room for error there. And yeah. I think it doesn't mean that everything needs to be professional, but, like, I have two things. Like, natural light is really important. Uh-huh. So, like, take a picture in natural light, and it can't be blurry. Like, so yeah. this – there are a lot of pictures on here that just, like, don't look that appetizing. Mm-hmm. And so that could be solved by natural light if you – you know, if you're using an iPhone, which I'm assuming this person is, like, getting the new iPhone that has that, like, bananas camera. The, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And if you can't take great pictures, then mining pe- what people – the pictures people have taken of your food and yeah. using those. Do not use the repost app because it's just so weird when people use that. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I go into their tag, like, there's an infatuation picture here that they could just hmm. put on their Instagram. Totally. There's, like, a beautiful shot of meatballs that's also from the infatuation. Like, you, you know, kind of leverage other people's content. Yeah. So I would say – what they're doing, you know, I think I see that there's, like, personality behind this one because there's – some of the captions have just, like – it's not just a, you know, generic, like, who doesn't love nachos, question mark. Yeah. You know, it's, like, <laughs> something a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think be careful. You know, treat your Instagram captions like you would, would you know, if you're printing menus. Like, there are a couple – I found a couple um, – just errors yeah your your things like that yeah there's also like not enough context in these captions like Like, who are these people what is this thing exactly best blessed to be a part of this what is it like master of the mix who is that bartender that's that's actually a great point so like for people who are who are actually not so you're doing you're for your restaurant your instagram is for two things it's for getting people to come to your restaurant and then for people and so I'm going to look at your Instagram I'm probably not going to follow it because I don't live in DC but like when I'm in DC I'm going to decide to come because those meatballs look really good yeah if I live in DC and I live especially in your neighborhood and I love you I want to follow you to know why I should come back or just because I want to support you so tell me about the specials tell Mm -hmm. me about like who's guest chefing tell me about the great wine deal you're this this Instagram's doing a little bit of that but I would say yeah you know make it a little more consistent so if you're going to post like a picture of you know if you're going to do half off all bottles of wine like make sure this brand this branded picture is similar to the other branded picture and don't put them side by side yeah the the other totally random thing Mm -hmm. this avatar is so confusing to me like I know it totally is so so there's like a the avatar for this account is this like very like moody looking like Ernest Hemingway yeah it was like the first thing I thought was Moby Dick for some reason it looks like a little (laughs) like a sea captain yeah Um, I'm sure there's a story there but I don't know what it is and Mm -hmm. when I look when I just when I found Bar Pilar when I was searching for it I didn't know that there was a restaurant. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was what I was looking for. Yeah. So I would think about putting, you know, something that maybe felt a little more obvious there. Or mm-hmm. if there's a story behind this moody guy, maybe tell us what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about using your um, every using every aspect of your Instagram account to, to yeah. kind of communicate what you want. So, mm-hmm. like, eclectic farm-to-table menu. Art- this is the description. Artisanal cocktails, 14th Street neighborhood staple. Hashtag 4th and you. 14th and you. Um, I'm not sure why you would use a hashtag that's just the neighborhood. That might right. be a DC thing that I don't know about, but I don't know that I would put that there. Yeah, unless, I don't think I would. Yeah, so you could put it in the like caption caption because if people are searching that neighborhood, then you're likely to come up there. But I don't think it's necessary in the bio. Yeah, but the the description is like. Tell me a little bit more, like eclectic farm-to-table menu mm-hmm. and artisanal cocktails. Like, feel a little. It feels a little like 
in 2007 yeah. like, when everyone <laughs> using those words. They don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. They did when we first used them, but they don't mean anything more. Right. You could say something like, you know, seasonal approach to tapas with, like, you know, classic and, like, original cocktails, whatever. Yeah. Like, something that feels a little more specific that mm-hmm. someone actually understands what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I would say the final thing is that highlights... If you're going to start doing highlights, you could use it to talk about your like your brunch highlight. You could have yeah, a... Yeah, cocktail. So, yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a lot to improve here. I mean, it seems like there's over 2,000 followers, which, like, for a neighborhood restaurant, I actually think is pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, I think it's just pulling out some of these, like, better images, getting rid yes. of some of the, the ones that are a little blurry or a little dark. Yeah. I think also, like... Good on you that you're using video on Instagram. I feel like that's something I tell people all the time to do. But what I'm watching on these, there's nothing happening in the video. You're just, like, panning over the food. Like, you can experiment with slow-mo if there's, like, a really cool drizzle. Cutting into something. Yeah. Like, cutting into something. something at the Mm -hmm. stove. Yeah, totally. So just be more thoughtful with how you use video. But it's definitely, like, worth, you know, trying yeah, and I think that, like, just one thing that I don't think restaurants necessarily need to invest in is, like, a lot of stories. Like, start with the, you know, start with the feed. Start with, like, what people are there for. Yeah. I think if you are a neighborhood restaurant where, for example, like, things change a lot, like, that, then you can start thinking about, like, what is it that would be on your stories that would be useful? Like, mm-hmm. Romans, for example, in Brooklyn has a new menu every night. Sometimes mm-hmm. if I'm just, like, deciding if, whether I want to go to Romans, I, like, yeah. look at their stories to see what they're serving that night because they yeah. often have that. Or that um, mm-hmm. I follow them, and if they post a story and say, like, we just got fava beans or whatever, yeah. I'm, like, texted immediately to Rob, and I'm, like, fava beans, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I guess it's, like, it is – I shouldn't say that people shouldn't use stories, but I think, you know, the places I would invest are, like, definitely, like, cleaning up the feed and making yes. it just feel more, you know, the food – like looking brighter and mm-hmm. more appetizing. Yeah, totally. I love that. What are some Instagram accounts of restaurants that you think are doing a good job? Do you have any that come to mind? Or even just like food accounts. I know you said Bon Appetit. I mean, Bon Appetit is, I'm so boring, but like Bon Appetit does, they really just continue to yeah. do better and better things. I mean, their video content And they're just like a you great. You don't even like video. Like, yeah. I actually don't like video at yeah. all. Um, They're a great comp for, like, just good quality photos of food. Excellent. Like, right. The captions are, like, fun. They have, like, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I follow – so I follow some restaurants. Like, this is good, you know, like a neighborhood thing. Like, I follow restaurants in my neighborhood. And I, yeah. I do see when Romans post something. I do see when um, – I mean, there's another restaurant that a friend of mine owns called La Lou. They're mm-hmm. a wine bar, and they're constantly having, like, cool winer, like, um, winemakers come in. Yeah. I'm probably not going to go to those, but, like, it's nice for me to see that they're doing those. Yeah. Um, and if they have a new dish on the menu, I might send that to Rob. Have you been to Burano in South Williamsburg? I have not. I don't get Delicious. It's in my neighborhood. I follow them, and I think they do a pretty good job on their Instagram. It's Burano BK. Um, they have a lot of yummy pasta dishes. Awesome. And... Yeah, there's like it's just like brighter. You get a sense of the neighborhood too. I think that's also something to like maybe weave into this if you're yeah. a neighborhood, you know, restaurant and you're even putting the hashtag in your bio. Like, show us what like what about the fact that you're a neighborhood bar makes you unique. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, food is hard. Natural light is such a good tip though. Yeah. If you can't afford something more professional. I mean, I think honestly one of the biggest the hardest things about food is standing out. Like I actually yeah. think it's not if you're making pretty food and you have natural light, 
the iPhones are pretty incredible. Yeah, it's not that you can hard do portrait to, mode. Yeah, it's hard to do food in a way that feels different. And I think that, yeah. that is that is a big challenge. But I think the nice thing about being a restaurant is like you're kind of trying to get people in the door. You're not trying to become like an influencer account. Yeah. So like your job is to make your food and your space look as like exciting and beautiful exactly. and wonderful as possible. Yeah. Okay, if you had to grade Bar Pilar's Instagram, what grade would you give them? It's okay. They want it. They want the constructive feedback. <laughs> I think there's a lot of room to grow. Uh-huh. Um, D. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. And you're, the people who come to your restaurant seem to love it. So yeah. I think you've got good bones. To work yes. With. Yes. <laughs> Some simple tweaks can definitely help here. So. Let us know. We can't wait to follow and see the progress. And if you want to submit your business to grade the gram, just email us at do you follow podcast at gmail.com. I kind of want to be graded. Okay, yeah. Not today. <laughs> okay. We'll grade next you time. on the next episode. When I come back. Yeah. That'll be fine. Okay. That's it for episode 47 wow. of do you follow podcast. Molly Chen, thank you for being I remember when you guys were talking about how old you are. So yeah. now you're 47. How do you I feel? Know. You're close to 50. We're pushing 50. It's really my bones are not what they used to be. Ah, you look great. <laughs> Thank 50 you. 50s, 40s, 30. Um, Where can people find you, Molly Chen? Um, at Molly Chen, Molly with an I-E. And um, that's really the best place to find me. But my newsletter is tinyletter.com backslash Molly Chen. Subscribe right now. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I get a lot of DMs about kid questions and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, and I like it. I'm, I feel like happy and really grateful that people care about what I have to say. Yes. We love you, Molly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Do You Follow Podcast, a podcast on social media, digital, and influencer marketing. We are always wanting to hear from you. So if you have a question that you want answered on an upcoming episode, email us at doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can Instagram DM us at jdelphine and at Rachel Jo Silver. We want to hear from you. So we want to feature your questions on an upcoming episode. And if you want us to do an Instagram audit of your account, your business's account, we are happy to do that as well. So just include your question and all the details and we will feature you on an upcoming episode. And if you like the podcast, we would also love your kudos and appreciation. So please leave us a review and rate us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.